In this week's episode, we have some weird ones rolling in. From a cerebral experience on a farm, to a treacherous political plot, to mermaids. Again? It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back. Hello beautiful babies. It is Cover B time. Beautiful winter babies, how y'all doing? <laughs> Everybody surviving okay in this season of two hours of sunlight. Oh, and even though sucks so bad. I don't understand. I, I read somewhere and I don't understand it, but it was literally like, how can we only roll back an hour, but the sun sets like five hours earlier? I know, right? Somebody's lying to us. It's, it's the it's, same people that are trying to convince us that birds are real. Anyway, um, <laughs> hello. How's, how's everybody doing? We got a lot of comics to talk about this week and they're all weird. Yeah. With the exception of one. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. But they're all strange. And I like it. I like that they're strange. Uh, so, T, kick us off. Yeah. It is a weird comic week, but this one's not weird. This one I was very excited about. Um, Marvel Voices, Indigenous Voices. Hell yeah. So, this one is literally all sorts of stories all about indigenous peoples. Um, and it actually does an interlude in the beginning um, before it gets into a, a variety of individualized stories focused on some of these characters. But in the beginning, it actually kind of like goes through a summary of all the indigenous characters in the Marvel Universe. And I thought mm. that was super cool. And one thing I really wanted to lean into is hella props to the X-Men. Because the X-Men yeah. and the mutant world have a ton of indigenous people. Oh, and yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, there's been a lot of Native American X-Men or X-Men adjacent yeah, mutant people. Yeah, folk. Um, yeah, they've done a really good job having inclusion on those teams. <laughs> it was really cool. But um, the stories themselves, they're told by or they're written by different authors. Um, each different story, I believe. And it's just... It's just cool. It's a cool um, look into characters that I feel like don't get a lot of, you know, acknowledgement oftentimes, mm -hmm. don't get a lot of support. Like the very first story is about Echo, yeah. who is a total badass. Total badass. I love Echo. And like, I, I don't understand why she's not in more stuff she's sure. just not nice. like she has thorough involvement with daredevil she's all yeah. up in hell's kitchen like <laughs> why why is she not like more a part of the defenders you know what i mean yeah. like i feel like she'd be a much better team player than jessica was. well that's um <laughs> you know so a that's the direction of marvel voices right like i think this is the second marvel voices that they came out with and I think the first one was based off of a podcast that they have where yeah. creators tell stories about, you know, a more diverse cast and people from different backgrounds than what we usually get. Right. Um, this one, I don't think came out of the podcast. I think it was just its own kind of thing. Right. Um, did you read the first Marvel voices? I did. I you did. liked it. I think I we talked like about it. it on here. Yeah, yeah, I believe I did. Um, so, you know, that was cool. One thing that stood out to me that was really cool is not only are all of these stories about, uh, people from various backgrounds, indigenous backgrounds. They're all women. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And all the main characters were chicks, and that was dope. But yeah, we get Echo, we get Danny Moonstar, and we get one other character I'm not super familiar with, and I can't remember her name, so I'm sorry. We also get Uwatu, the Watcher, who isn't an indigenous person, but 
Hey. He's alive again. <laughs> but somehow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he busted his way out of Nick Fury's eyeball. <laughs> I don't, I don't. In some point, I forget which book. Uh, but um that was the end of um Empire. Was that Empire? Mm-hmm, that was the end of Empire because he was like watching lurking yeah he was like we've got to prepare for what's to come being a creepy lurker on the but yeah it was uh it was cool it was was very cool it was definitely worth a pickup you know it's not super long but it's incredibly informative so i i definitely recommend it now we get to go on to the weird yeah we're gonna start off with sea of sorrow yeah this is another idw book and i just gotta say idw come here lean in are you leaning in idw (laughs) What the hell, IDW? <laughs> what are you doing? You were the company putting out like My Little Pony, Transformers, <laughs> Star Trek. What the hell? You have no right to put out really cool creator-owned horror books. Scarant Hood, now Sea of Sorrows. Go look in the mirror, IDW. Are you looking in the mirror? Who do you see looking back at you? Is it Boom? <laughs> Cause damn, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Finn, um, <laughs> CSRs was really cool, but again, it's like it doesn't feel like an IDW book. Uh, this one is just super neat, and it serves everything that I love in horror because it's about the ocean. Which, first of all. No, um, I don't like the ocean. The ocean can go to hell. The ocean is. Oh like wait, you. it's already there because the ocean is hell. Um, I don't know if I just watched Jaws too many times growing up. I don't know what it is. I hate the ocean. That said, I love stories told in the ocean. The ocean is creepy AF. It's um, true. This one is about a team that discovers a sunken German U-boat. Uh, that's full of gold. And that's it. But then there's scary things that happen. Like mermaids, question mark? <laughs> Again? So, yeah. Question mark? Um, yeah. So it's got a salty brigade of... D- don't say dirty semen. Um, uh, <laughs> I've really worked my way into a corner here. Um, it's... <laughs> The the cast of characters is colorful and crass. Do you like that? That was good. Um, I- and they don't get along, and they're all very rude, um, and probably smelly. Some of them look like they smell. Um, I'm not making judgments. I'm just saying, you look stinky. Uh, and there's infighting, and there's loan sharks, and there's some dude who does a lot of talking that I honest to God have no idea who he is. <laughs> yeah. There's one character in here who reveals a story about mermaids. And I don't know if he has a name. I I legitimately flipped back through the book and I was like, I don't... Was he not the one who walked? Hmm? I think he's the one... I think the one who... No, the one who walked was the one who had the story about war oh i thought they were the same no and then the other guy oh yeah i don't know who that guy was yeah or maybe he was no because i think the other guy the guy who comes up and he's like you're not joining the party i think he was the one with the story with it anyway so there might be a little bit of confusing storytelling elements here but that said 
Um, it was cool. Part of the reason I will say this, and Chris is going to give me shade for this because I get shade about this. All the time. Mm, the shade of it all. But I have to say it. Part of the reason why it was a little hard to understand who was whom, maybe, possibly, was because this book, the art is very cool. I'm mm-hmm. going to say that. The art is very cool. Mm-hmm. But it's very dark. It's very dark. And, very and not, dark. Very and not, shaded. Yes. Not dark as in like, ooh, that's dark and spooky and moody and creepy. No. Like dark as in like the coloration is primarily black with and like brown. a little bit of gray shading here. Yeah. But mostly it's just like black on black on black on black. And like, I will say, I don't have the best lighting in my house. There were pages that I'm like, huh? Y'all need to white balance. What's huh? happening on this page? Like, I can't page? see what's going um, on. Like, I yeah. couldn't see things. And I'm like, I am I acknowledge that I'm going blind and that my room is too dim. But at the same time, I still have no idea what that blob is supposed to be. Thank you. Yeah. The color palette leaves a lot to be desired. If you were to give this a title, like if you were to take that color palette and give it like a Photoshop color template, it would be spittoon um <laughs> yeah that's a good call lots of dark lots of browns uh it fits overall like i get it you know but it's hard uh, and to it look does at. make the supernatural elements really pop as well as some of the like war motifs really pop uh but it just hurt my eyeballs very dark. a little bit uh but it's cool it's a really good book it's got some like eldritch vibe to it very that's like true. lovecraftian vibe to it and again it's just it's not an IDW book. It is an IDW book, but it's not an IDW book. So I'm very interested in what's going on. IDW finally took a look at like Boom and Scout and all these other companies. And then they look over at Dark Horse and Dark Horse is like, hold the line, brother. <laughs> <laughs> With like aliens and Predator behind him, like, hold the line. Meanwhile, the giant Marvel eagle swoops down and grabs Alien and Predator. And Dark Horse is like, huh? Still hold the line, though. <laughs> don't let go, don't let go, don't let go. <laughs> Summons Assassin's Creed. <laughs> like, hold the line. Cyberpunk, all the video game tie-ins. And then IDW is like, but they look like they're having so much fun. <laughs> they're also rich. Um so I don't know. It's it's been cool being able to talk about like two IDW books like back to back. That's yeah. really I just don't get to talk about IDW books because they're like I mean I, literally this fall has been the fall of me talking about IDW books because we had Last Ronin and yep. then we had Scarant Hood and now this one. Yeah. And I I don't know I even know who I am anymore. I'm going to go look in the mirror and it's going to be Donnie Cates. I'm okay with that. Damn it. shit i mean i expect him to be very metal af (laughs) he's pretty metal af yeah yeah. he's fun dude so next book um this is another scout is it not uh yes there's a bunch of scouts this week um this one is called the recount number one this one's weird but in a in a makes me feel uncomfortable because stop being something that could happen, but it's not happening. Don't do that. This book reads like the cult season of American Horror Story if it opted to not have a very obvious political bias. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It. Okay. So it opens with the president who has been impeached and is now resigning from being president because of his impeachment getting assassinated. And then a terrorist group effectively putting it known that they are going to attack everyone in relation to said president from fellow politicians in his camp to people in his administration to the very folks who voted for him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you this right now. I appreciate what it is. It's well written. The art is pretty good. The plot is interesting. Mm -hmm. And the intrigue is there. But there is too much happening in the real world for this to not just straight up overwhelm me. Real talk, I just keep waiting for Jack Bauer to show up. Um, It's just too much. (laughs) It feels like a 24 episode. It kind of does. Yeah. yeah, So the group is called The Masses. And when I read this, obviously comics, admittedly, unless you're Ethan Van Scriver, uh, (laughs) have a particular political bias. They tend to. They tend to lean a certain way politically, which I don't want to talk about politics on my podcast. That's not what this platform is for. Though we have made ourselves very well known about where we stand with comics gate people. But anyway, um, I don't want to get political, like U.S. president political on the podcast. No, thank you. That said, I read this originally and I opted to just read it as the typical political standpoint that comics tend to lean towards. Mm -hmm. Then I thought about it and I was like, really? They never say where the politicians lie. They never say this is a Democratic president is a Republican president. Mm -mm. They never say this president is corrupt because of A or B. They just Mm -mm. have a president who's being impeached and a bunch of people didn't like his presidency. And they have decided that he did the nation wrong and that they're going to enact swift punishment against his cabinet, against politicians who supported him, against fundraiser people, against people who voted for him all the way down the line. Uh, and really, when you think about it, like you said, today's political climate, this is a story that could appeal to either side. Mm-hmm. And I think that delivers a much more powerful message mm-hmm. than if it was pandering to one side or the other. That's the thing, is that I was I read this... As I was reading this, I initially started the same mindset that you did, especially the way that it opens. Yeah. And then, but as I got to the middle, I was like, this could be either way. This could be implying either side. I can't. But that in and of itself is kind of what made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like. I'd be interested to see if that changes as time goes by. Like as other issues come in, are they going to define like policies this person's democrat you know or even if they don't like go so far as to say like they're red and they're blue but to be like this president impacted this policy and this and he then did this or like whatever like their platform stands on this like the implication will be there even if it's not like 
you know, yeah. black and white. And they didn't, you know, one thing I appreciate is that they didn't actively make the president that we saw like a direct parody of Trump. No. And I not know at that all. because he gave a speech that had punctuation. Um <laughs> Also his hair Let that great. one sink in. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, he they weren't directly being like, look, it's Trump. We just shot Trump. Mm -mm. Give us praise. Which is good. I like feel however you feel about Donald Trump but like good lord the Donald Trump parodies in comics getting out of hand <laughs> yeah it's a little it's a little there. exhausting so uh but yeah I I thought this book was cool it is a cool premise if you like things like 24 and the wire is the wire about that kind of stuff maybe is that the one I'm thinking of and there one about like one of them shows about like national security people. There's a bunch of anyway. Them. If you're into those kind of shows, those kind of imagine like imagine CSI DC. If a, if a show <laughs> about a Department of Homeland Security agent Jim Peterson is pushed to the edge, if that tantalized you, oh, isn't it Homeland? Oh, maybe. I think there's a Homeland show, yeah, yeah. I think The Wire's about cops. Is The Wire about cops? I think The Wire's about cops. I think Homeland's about Homeland Security. I don't know. I don't watch TV. I ain't got time for that shit. Uh, well, it's, it's, I'm doing podcasts and reading comics sometimes. Uh, but yeah, if if you if you dig those kind of things, if you're into the, like, um, what's the... What is the name of that character that... Uh, what? Executive Decision was one of the movies, I think. And then, like, Ben Affleck played him. And then John Krasinski played him. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, Jack Ryan? Jack Ryan! <laughs> if you're into, like, is Executive Decision or Jack I hope it is. Or I just made myself <laughs> look really stupid. We don't watch these movies! I just started spitting <laughs> things out. Anyway, uh, if you're into, like, Jack Ryan films. things or Tom Clancy things, you might dig this. Check it yeah. out. Yeah, it was pretty good, though. And last, but certainly not least, of the books this week is one of the coolest damn books I maybe have read. It's pretty neat. Ever. Um, so I don't want to spoil it because there's so much, um, personally, and so much that we don't know. But the basic plot of this is that a man comes home from the Great War to the farm that he was raised on where his parents and his sibling live and they're missing. They're gone. And mm -hmm. no one in the town or area surrounding seems to know who they are, let alone where they are. Mm -hmm. This book does such a good job of making you just as paranoid as the main protagonist. Yeah. Like the way the art is done there's not that much dialogue. There's a little bit of dialogue. But there's so much depth to the illustrations. And there's so much that's, like, left open-ended. Like, the use of, like, random shadow here and there. And, like, the random placement of things. And the way they do the, the, the bits of images on the page. At one point, there's, like, a full-page spread. And it's just, like little bitty images 
of random things highlighted that could mean something or could mean literally nothing and mm-hmm. could have no relevance or pertinence at all. But it's it's like you're in his brain and it's super paranoid and you're super paranoid. And by the end of the book where you feel like it's starting to reveal something, you aren't entirely sure if what's happening is actually happening or if you are experiencing this man's post-war PTSD delusion. It's like it's like Jacob's Ladder meets Animal Farm. Yeah. It is bizarre. That's a really good. It's so cool. <sighs> Excuse me. That's a really good analogy. Jacob's Ladder meets Animal Farm. It's, it's a so it's cool. a yeah, this is a very solid and kind of gritty look at PTSD coming out of the Great War. Um we get little flashes of nightmare visions from, you know, our hero Frank fighting in the trenches. Uh, and then, yeah, just like what you said, just like those surmounting paranoia as the panels of the pages get a little bit willy wonky. Strange things happen in the background that we're not familiar with and voices come out of nowhere and stuff like that. It's 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 interesting. It's a very interesting book. It's so cool. And there's like implications that there could be fantastic realism. but. Maybe they're not, because we don't know how reliable of a narrator he is. True. Like, it, we're technically seeing these things through his eyes, but it it's just, it's so cool. It's such a cool book, and I really enjoyed it, and I closed it being like, that was the weirdest thing. But the more I stewed on it, the more I was like, that was kind of brilliant. Mm-hmm. That was kind of heckin' brilliant. There's another one from Scout, too, so props they're to Scout. It, yeah. Man. They're on it. I'm I'm here for it. I was there was I think one other scout book this week that admittedly I didn't love so much. I had an inherent issue with main protag to be quite quite honest with you. Um, but they put out some solid stuff this week, man. They been doing good. These companies, Vault, uh, AfterShock, Scout, little bit of Mad Cave from time to time. They've been doing really really well. And some cool stuff. And IDW, this small independent press of which I've never heard, pumping out nothing but underground art books up until (laughs) this point. (laughs) IDW, which of course is the initial of the publication's founder, Ignatius Daryl Wilkinstock, from the Birkenshire Wilkinstocks. (laughs) Young Ignatius sought to bring to the world artsy and tasteful books, the likes of which have never been known before today. I'm not going to continue with this bit. (laughs) This bit has reached its apex. It'll be back next week. It will be. (laughs) When IDW inevitably puts out another boom book. Yeah, basically. Crazy. What world do we live in anyway? Who knows? The pandemic has ruined everything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to expect anymore. It's true. It's all over the place. Anyway, that's going to do it for us tonight. If you want more Cover B, you can find us on our website, coverbpodcast.com, where you can find all of our past episodes, including the special ones like Powered Gamings and graphic novelties and all those things. Um, And if you want even more, maybe news, entertainment, memes, funny things, 
things fan art, etc. You can follow us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter at mm-hmm. Cover Podcast. It's true. And we have Instagrams that don't get used because we're locked in our house. And we stream on Twitch. All Tink Tink Games. Tink Tink Games. So there's all the different ways you can associate with us if you have such an interest. Otherwise, just please come back. And honestly, I have one thing to say. If you get value out of Cover B, if you enjoy Cover B podcast, to some extent, if we help you find new books, if we help you sway you away from a book that maybe you're interested in, that maybe wasn't worth it, uh, tell a friend. Tell one friend. If all of our listeners told one friend that we would they have should listen, two listeners, I think we'll have at least four. Right? <laughs> Like, uh, but that's what I'm saying. It's incremental. Share so the love. If you if you think of one friend who is a comic book person or someone who is even just a literary person, maybe just a nerd that you know they're a big Harry Potter stan, and maybe their current situation leaves them feeling less loyal to the Harry Potter empire, we can help find them yeah. their new nerd kingdom. And you know, maybe just look at them and be like, hey, I'm gonna listen to this podcast. Are you cool? You know. And then just go put the podcast on and, you know, the rest of the people at the pep rally, they'll get over it. Don't get beat up, though. (laughs) You know, just say, hey, does anybody mind if I put this podcast on and then put the podcast on? And, you know, you're you weren't feeling that radio DJ job anyway. So, yeah, I mean, but thank you. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, do share the love. Uh, we get by by, you know, getting more and more viewers into the Cover B fold. And eventually we're going to start talking about doing bigger and better projects. We're going to be um, upping our merch here soon. The yep. merch is not currently on the site because we are doing something new and groovy. But we're going to have new merch soon. It's going to be awesome. So, you know, come check us out, hang out, and tell Chickity check it out, bro. Now we're going to go get milkshakes. Woo! Love you guys. Bye, everybody.